You can really hear the wind out there, babes. Yes. I, no, actually, it's not. It's a car. Oh, okay. I thought that was wind. No, it's a car. Okay, maybe it's cars. I think it's a car. I think there was a car that was revving up their engine. Mm. Nice. But I can understand why you would think it was wind. They're saying on the news that it's going to start pouring down pretty heavily this afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, which isn't something I'm really looking forward to. But on the same hand, it was supposed to be like a full-on like downpour. torrential downpour from like Wednesday night through today. So yeah. I'm glad they've reduced it a little bit. Well, and we're not going to be in the rain, like, which is good. No, exactly. Now, I would rather sleep through the rain than sleep through thunder and rain. Interesting. The, I've never thought about it. Well, not well, not thunder, but I mean the wind. Because mm. remember the remember when there was a windstorm, or or the I'm sorry, the uh, freezing, the wind and freezing rain, mm-hmm. and that wind was so loud. Wasn't that just like last week? Yes, it was. Yeah, it's hard for me to remember that far back. Yeah, it was because Thursday night it was happening. Friday night it was happening. Yeah, your place like, was really cold. Yes, it was. Yes. Yeah. Uh, apparently, at least internet went out of my apartment, but I wouldn't have known it if I wasn't taxed by the company. Maybe power went out, too. Oh, I didn't even tell you that. So what happened? I get home mm-hmm. on Monday, and the power's fine. The next morning I get up, and I'm just kind of like hanging out in my living room, and I'm waiting for the sun to come up. It comes up. I'm doing my thing, and then I go to use the bathroom, and the light won't come on in my bathroom. Uh-oh. So I think, okay, well, I must have a power outage. As soon as I thought that, the power came back on. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, so I don't know if it was just for like a minute or two or what was going on. Wow. Yeah. Babes. Mm-hmm. I am a little bit upset at big corporations this morning. Now, I'm a lefty. We already know that. Oh, is it because of what you're reading? Yeah. Uh, it It's this one. Not, it's this one, not... Uh, and this corporation is no longer here, by the way. No, it no longer exists. The Radium Corporation, I think it was called, or wow. Radium Dial. Wow. Radium Dial, that sounds familiar. I'm reading a book called The Radium Girls. And I heard somebody talk about it on YouTube earlier this year. I'm thinking around March. Mm-hmm. And I got a copy of the book. Finally, because you know how I am. It's a miracle that I got to it this soon. Mm. I sat down and started reading it or mm-hmm. listening to it yesterday. And it basically tells a story of these women who painted for the Radium Corporation back mm-hmm. from like the late 19 teens through sometime in the 20s. Uh, actually, I mean, you could even say early 30s, but it's a little bit murky. Uh, and some of these women were in Ottawa, some of them were in New Jersey. And they would take these paintbrushes and paint things for the radium corporations, you know, in their offices. And the the paint was made of radium. Mm -hmm. So they basically paint radium on. Now, at at one point fairly early on, they're told to use their mouth. Because I guess if you put the radium in your mouth, the paint's better on whatever you're using. I don't know the process. I'm not a painter. Yeah. And you know the reason they were told that? Was because their employees looked at the water that they would dip the paintbrushes in. Mm. And they thought that they were losing a little bit too much radium that the girls could have been using 
to paint these watches and clocks and whatnot. Wow. Unbelievable. So, you know, the women don't know what going what's going on. One, it's, you know, it's really early on mm-hmm. in time. I mean, it's not like, you know, Adam and Eve. But right. when I think 19-teens, 1920s, it's, I don't... It's pretty early. Yeah, I don't think super intellectual mm-hmm. and super knowledgeable about medical stuff. Mm-hmm. So they would do these things like... And, and also, a lot of them are super young. Like, there's speculation that some of them are as young as 11 when they start there. 11? Now, te- yeah, now technically they're not supposed to start until they're 18. Mm-hmm. But the word on the street or in the book... The, street. Yeah, it's implied that the company looked the other way with age restrictions. Wow. But they really only follow the women who started when they were, you know, in their late teens. Mm-hmm. Um, for, I don't know why, but that's, I guess that's what they could find information on, the author. And apparently during their lunch hours, they used to go into this dark room and the women would glow. And they thought it was funny, so they paint, like, mustaches on their faces and stuff like that. So, at some point, early 1920s, women start having these weird things happen. Uh, One, And, you know, unfortunately, I don't remember names. I'm really bad with that. One woman, like, she goes to the dentist because she's having a toothache. He touches her jaw, and the jaw just breaks off in his hand. Wow. Yeah. And... a lot of women, it starts in the teeth, but some of them, mm-hmm. it, it it starts in other areas of their body. Like there's this the one. Yeah, and their bones. Because radium, I guess, I, I'm again, I'm not a scientist, but it can travel and do different things. Mm-hmm. And the reason most of them, it started off in their mouth was because they were licking it. But in some cases, it traveled to other parts of their body and, and they didn't notice the effects until later. Mm-hmm. So they're getting all these weird cancers and dying off. Most of them are in their early 20s. There's stories in the book about women dying of these weird diseases when they're like 22, Mm -hmm. 24. And the company is denying this. They're saying, you know, we don't know why these women are dying. I'm sure it has nothing to do with the poison we're giving them. Mm -hmm. Basically, right? Mm -hmm. Eventually, we get to, I want to say, around 1926. Seven, five women who are still alive and who are suffering greatly. Some of them who lost sisters Mm -hmm. in New Jersey decide that they're going to file a a class action lawsuit against the Radium Corporation. Mm -hmm. They struggle to find a lawyer to take their case. And some of the reasons are complicated because... Radium is releasing this this propaganda about how safe it is for people, mm-hmm. and they're trying to get it into schoolyards. In the schoolyards, yeah, into, yeah like the, the sand. sand. Yeah. And apparently, there was like one case in in the news. Um, I don't know if they got it nationwide. I don't think they did, but probably in some districts where a kid was reporting that his hands felt really weird after playing in the sand. Oh wow! Yeah, and so some other stuff is just that it's this big corporation. And people just don't understand the disease, too. Because radi- radiation poisoning, I guess, is like a newer thing back then. Like, it yeah. it had been written about a little bit, but it wasn't, like, extensive. Yeah. Right? They finally find this lawyer who's going to take on their case. And does it. They go to court. And the Radium Dial Corporation, I think it's Radium Dial, they fight back. 
And they just kept saying, you know, we're, we, we can't do this. Trying to find all these delays. Eventually, the judge, and then the judge is pretty sympathetic, but he kind of says at one point, we have to delay this just because of time. Right. This is like in April of 28, I want to say. Uh-huh. And he's like, you know, this is unfortunate, but we can't do anything until September. The lawyer for the women thinks that they're probably going to be dead by then. Mm-hmm. So he tries to fight to get, you know, the, the clearance earlier. He talks to some of some attorneys that he knows and gets them to switch dates so that they can get the case heard in late May. The judge is cool with this, but Radium basically says, well, our experts are going to be out of the country then, and they're not going to be back until September. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this lawyer knew a judge who is friends with him. Not the judge who is presiding over the case, but another judge. I know the story is super complicated. Mm-hmm. And the other judge talks to the Radium Corporation, reaches out to the defending lawyer and says, you know, I think I could mediate a settlement between you guys. He doesn't want to do it, but he also thinks that these women don't have a lot of time left. So he goes... And the the company says, we're going to offer each woman $10,000 and that's it. And he right. realizes, well, this is going to eat through just with medical expenses. So he says, okay, you also have to cover attorney's fee, attorney fees, give them a $600 a year pension, and you have to pay for their medical stuff. Okay? Mm-hmm. They reluctantly ag- agree to this. Now, the girls wanted 15000 but they're willing to settle at this point. Uh-huh. Okay. And the company had settled with the women before. And one of the reasons they do it is because if they settle, then they don't have to admit to wrongdoing. Mm-hmm. But if they go to court and r- lose, it looks really bad on them. Mm-hmm. So they settle the case. And part of the settlement is the women have to be uh, tested medically by a group of doctors and some they select and others the company selects Mm -hmm. and if the company doctors don't think that radium is the cause of a particular problem the radium corporation could just like be absolved of all responsibilities and they know that this is really tricky Mm -hmm. so they go to be examined and and the radium company is thinking that the doctors who they assign are just going to aside with them. But that doesn't happen because their, their poisoning is just so bad. Mm-hmm. So everybody's expecting these women to die fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. The first of the five doesn't die until like October of 1929. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry, was it October? So many women die around this thing. This mm-hmm. is just one of the cases mm-hmm. in the book. Mm-hmm. It might have been December, but it, in any event, one of them dies. Um, yeah, it was December. I'm sorry. And mm-hmm. her story, I think, was really interesting because um, her husband and her had a lot of problems. She wanted to leave money to the kids. He wanted mm-hmm. to spend it because he had an alcohol problem. Mm-hmm. And he one day, he beat her down to the ground turned on, I guess, their gas heaters and said, I'm going to let you die here. Oh, wow. Now... He didn't do that. She filed for divorce and then pulled back. Mm-hmm. And then he goes to see her in the hospital and she, and she dies shortly thereafter. Mm. Now, uh, 
we'll get back to that case in a little while just because there's so many other things in this book. Mm-hmm. Other women are dying too. Uh, like one woman died and they pulled up her body and had to burn her bones to prove that it was full of uh, radium. Wow. Um, another woman died and she was like a uh, an employee of the company. One day she comes into work and she can barely do anything. Mm. So they take her off to their own doctors mm-hmm. and her family isn't allowed to see her. Mm-hmm. Now she had nine siblings. Mm-hmm. And again, she's in her early 20s, right? Mm-hmm. So she was very close to her family and the company wanted to keep her body. What? Yes, they wanted to keep her body. Now, luckily... Uh, and I hope I'm there's so many different details in this book. She had um, her one of her other sisters was either married or dating a guy who was there. And he stood up to the company. He says, mm-hmm. you're not taking her body. This is a Catholic family and they want a Catholic burial. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, the company also wanted to do an autopsy. Mm-hmm. And the family said, okay, but... You can do one, but our family doctor is going to be there. Mm-hmm. So they scheduled a time, and the the, com- the radium company did the autopsy beforehand. Mm. Now, getting back to some of these lawsuits, and I know this is all going around. When these five women were fighting, one of the bones of contention was radium said that you had to file a lawsuit within two years of 1925. Mm-hmm. And they were trying to make an argument, well, one, that's not enough time to tell if something's going on in your body. And and, they, and they're trying to use this as justification for any other woman coming forward. Mm-hmm. That if you file a lawsuit, we can have it thrown out of court because of the statute of limitations. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's really, really complicated stuff. And they just try to screw people over at every point. Not only are they getting these women to take poison... They're trying to not pay. And it's one point. So the one woman from the the five, you know, the class action lawsuit, she dies. Mm-hmm. And the other four are still alive. And they they live a little bit longer than is expected. They, uh, I think another one dies in like the mid-30s. And at some point, Radium comes to them and say, well, we'd like to stop paying your medical expenses and just give you a payout. Mm. And at another point, uh, one of the guys, I don't think he was associated with these five women, but it, uh, one of, a guy who lost his wife to the radium poisoning, mm-hmm. the company didn't want to pay him anything. So he's suing them and he can't get a hold of the medical records. So he runs into um, like the local manager of the company. Because it's a small town. And he just asked, well, why haven't I gotten the medical records? The manager dude punches the husband. Wow. And the husband, they say in the book that this was the type of guy, he wasn't going to fight you. But if you brought it to him, he he was going to bring the drama. Mm-hmm. So he just starts pounding on this guy. The guy that just punched him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they arrest the husband. What? And... The company tries to get him declared medically insane, the husband. But it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work. And by now, women are trying to file lawsuits. And now we're in the, like, late 30s. And that's pretty much where I am in the book. Wow. I know there's a lot of things there. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it didn't make sense because I was going back and forth from different characters. Mm -hmm. Because that's kind of how the book is. Oh, wow. But what did you think of what I just said? 
That's a crazy story. Yeah. And corporations are still trying to do stuff like this today. But this one is really evil. I mean, yeah. how how much they um they knew what was going on. They um they knew these these women were dying. Um I I mean, they told the you told me that the girl who had radium in her bones, um they tried to convince her family that she had syphilis. That was the one who they ended up digging up after she died and yeah. burning her bones to burning see if there bones, was radium. Yeah. In it. yeah, that one. Yeah, and a lot of these women had like little kids. Oh, wow. And some of them like their their husbands weren't around anymore. So it, it this company was really evil. I remember, babes, uh-huh. when I was a kid, my mom said something about they used to sell these glowing watches, but they had to uh, stop because radium was killing people. Oh, wow. And because this happened in the 30s and my mom was born in the 50s, I think what happened was she must have heard about this case and conflated it with something else. Right. But I didn't really know about the Radium Girls until I saw that YouTube video about this book earlier this year. Well, that would be, you know, I'm guessing that radiation comes from radium. I'm assuming. Okay. I'm not an expert. But radiation is still used in uh, to treat cancer. And as you know, if I knew more about chemo and radiation, I would absolutely not take it. Yeah. Because it really does a number on your body. Um, chemo and radiation kills bad it kills bad and good cells mm-hmm. um not only that but it causes your um nail nail beds to get darker cool uh your cuticles and your nails are, are darker um it also causes mouth sores um it ca- could also cause vomiting um and it makes it does make people tired sometimes i didn't i didn't vomit so nice. i was happy about that and i didn't get too tired but um, and then the, the stuff that they put in your chemo regimen um, does uh, get rid of, that uh, does make your hair, hair fall out. Yeah. And I forgot what the, I forgot what the chemical was, but it makes your hair fall out. And that's not, that's not good. A, a woman should never have to lose her hair while she's getting treated for cancer. Mm-hmm. It's just not normal. And, um. All the stuff with radiation, but the but the the cancer industry still uses it, and I'm glad that there are doctors. You have to find them though that are not using this kind of treatment for cancer patients, and they're going the direct route and using other things that can actually get the, um, get to the uh, to the cancer more efficiently. Well, good. Yeah, it's terrible stuff. Yeah, and it's again. This is another example of this book is an example of corporate greed. And I would agree with that. It just it feels like it never ends. There's always corporate greed. There's always some evil corporation trying to get one over on the little guy or in this case, the little girl. And, you know, you know what I mean? There's all these stories out there. Not I don't think every, all every corporation is evil, but I can understand why um, a lot of people do not like these corporations. And you kind of have to you you kind of have to dig into that. Yeah. Too. But but I don't believe every single corporation is evil. I don't know. Uh, I don't. Now I've heard that, and I know it's not the same as what happened with the radium girls, but it's you know another example is that the and who knows if this is like an internet thing I heard. I mean, I, it is, but who knows if it's true or if it's conflated. But I've heard that the vast majority of people on food stamps in this country work for Walmart. 
Really? And that Walmart just doesn't pay their workers a living wage. So they have to, now, I'm sure I must have heard that wrong, but that's how I remember it. I I don't know. I did not, um, I don't know. I, I, I couldn't tell you about that. And we know about some of the craziness that Amazon is involved with. You know what I heard about that Sam Bankman fried dude, babes? Yeah, Sam Bankman fraud. Yeah. What, what, what up? Okay, what so, about it? so get this. So it, it was made a big deal that he was the second biggest donator to the Democratic Party, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we do that. And apparently it came out that he was also donated almost the same amount to Republican campaigns. That's but interesting. Did you know, do you want to know why? That didn't come out earlier. And okay. it's not a media thing. It's not. Okay. Okay. The reason it didn't come out earlier is because Sam Bankman Freed only talked about donating to the Democratic Party because he thought it would make him look good to younger people. Oh, he was virtue signaling. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, and he was also one of the guys talking about, hey, regulate me more. I want to be regulated so crypto can be viable. And. What he was trying to do, obviously, he didn't want to be regulated through the mm -hmm. FTC. Mm -hmm. There was some lesser organization that had not nearly the same amount of power as the FTC. And he wanted them to be in charge of regulating them. So on paper, it would look like they're doing a lot. But because they don't have the power and the, the man force behind them, they couldn't really enforce the regulations. So that's why he was pushing for more regulations. It's because he wanted it to be handled by a different organization that couldn't but actually do anything. Exactly. That's crazy. Yeah. So so when he says, oh, I didn't know, you know, I had no idea that I uh, cheated these people out of money. Yes, he did. Yeah. Yes, he did. He knew exactly what he was doing. He can't plead insanity on this one. No. No, he was absolutely sane. Yeah. Everybody's saying that he was sane and he knew how to do it. He knew what to, what he was doing. Yeah. I we always joke about you getting triggered, but for real, I think something about the uh, Sam Bakeman free thing really triggered me. And I know why it did, but you know. Uh because he reminds me of every ex-boss I've ever had. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I mean what really frustrates me about this guy, Bubs, yeah. is that, um, you know, people can plead insanity on all kinds of things, right? You know, when, when they can't be, if they don't feel like they're comp they're competent to stand trial, they plead insanity, right? Mm -hmm. Or, hey, I killed this person because I didn't know that I, uh, you know, had a seizure while I was killing this person or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Anyone can plead insanity on this, but this... This guy, there's so much evidence against him, he couldn't plead insanity on what he did. He knew exactly what he was doing. And, and it really makes me mad. And apparently the reason he agreed to be extradited to the U.S. Mm. is the jails in the, in the Bahamas are supposedly really, really bad. And so that's why he stopped fighting extradition. Wow. Yeah. So... I don't know. Maybe we should have kept him there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe we maybe we should have put him in a Russian jail. We should have agreed to trade him for Brittany Griner. <laughs> yeah, that would be, that would have. Can you imagine? <laughs> well, uh, we won't send you the angel of death, but instead, we'll let's just saying we'll we'll send you the the cryptocurrency fraud. Yeah, let's send you this crypto bro and see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been funny. Or or we could have said, okay, yeah, you get the angel of death. But you also have to take Sam Bigman free just because we're feeling like it. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been funny. Yeah. Yeah. 
A young uh, Bernie Madoff. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that, that yeah, Bernie Madoff with money and so did Sam Bankman fraud. <laughs> or yes. bank fraud rather. Sam yes. bank fraud. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yes. Interesting. Yes, but um, but and, and you know what? It amazed me too that me. how much how much money he lost. Yeah, when everything was found out, how much money he lost in that time, very very quickly. Well, they don't actually. I think no, because he also lied about how much money he did have, mm-hmm. and said that it was more than it was. Mm-hmm. So they're still trying to figure that out. That's my understanding of it. Um, at one point, they thought it was as high as ninety two billion. And then I've heard other reports that say it's seventeen billion, but so it's it's a complicated thing. Speaking of lying, now George Santos, and we talked about him a little bit because yeah. he's uh, every everyone. I mean, you know that you're doing horrible if both parties think you're a liar. Yeah, but he's now lying and saying that he's half black or that he's part black. Oh, really? I'm like, what? Does this guy have no shame? I mean, yeah, I mean, this this is like, he's like the epitome of lying politicians. Yeah, so I didn't hear that one, but I heard the one where apparently he said his mom died in 9-11. Yes, I heard that one too. Yeah. His, his mom did not die in 9-11 apparently, and his mom did not survive the Holocaust either. No, I thought oh, it was I'm his sorry, grandma. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, his grandma apparently didn't die in the Holocaust. So, I mean, it's like... This is all. This is not only is this very um, frustrating, but you kind of have to laugh at it. It's like how many lies are you going to come up with? I wouldn't. Yeah. I w- it wouldn't surprise me if he um, went under um, aliases. Well, and in fact, apparently now the attorney general in is, is he from New York? Uh, is it New York? I know it's someplace on the East Coast. It's in Long Island, New York. That's where it was. Okay, yeah. In Long Island, New York. I, I heard this the other day. And in fairness, when I was watching TYT, I was doing other stuff too. So, but I believe I heard that they're opening an investigation into him because of his business transactions. Because apparently they think that he lied on his taxes as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I think it would be a lot, um, a lot better f- for for the people on Long Island if he step down immediately yeah i mean don't even go through the recall thing he's got to step down because if he's gonna lie about this you're right how can he stand in front of congress um support something that he believes in and then they're like well why should we believe you you lied about everything else yeah exactly and and here's the thing yes all politicians lie on both sides but but if you're lying about stuff that's so fundamental to your character it we can't believe you and and it's it's and here's the thing it's a detriment not only to your party but to your country because if he's going to be a representative for the Republican party okay yeah that's bad for republicans but it's if he's bad for everybody yeah it's bad for everybody cuz he's also a represent a representative of the country of, of their country on some level exactly well yes he would be yeah um right 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 and and it's just it's just it's just so bad all around that i'm glad that um the both parties are actually talking about it and saying this is really bad yeah this is really bad you, you should not be you should not be a congressman okay so so speaking of a liar mm-hmm. we got to talk about sean hannity oh no you know where i'm going with this no why because well it, it, it's very now, big now, news now, now, now keep in mind i i haven't 
watched his show for a long time, and I have some issues with him, too, in some ways. Well, you're going to have a lot more after this if you haven't heard what happened. He came out yesterday in a court deposition and said that he never believed that uh, January, that um, the vote was stolen. He never believed it. But yeah, he said it on his on his talk show. A lot. Is that what, are you sure? Yep, what he, he said, said it in a court deposition. I, I did not um, hear that. I'm sure I, I have to I have to look into that because I did not hear that yet. Okay, that's fair enough. But if that is true, like I'm assuming you would no longer watch his show because you can't trust him. Well, because I that's a huge. I have it for a couple of years. Yeah, almost but, three years. Okay, but you know what I mean though, like. If he's going to say that he never believed that and he was saying that on a show, regardless of whether or not you thought the vote was stolen or not, it makes him a much more of an untrustworthy character. Well, and I never like, trusted him, but... That's because you never watched it. Oh. But but that also would... I mean, the same thing with Brian Williams, right? When he lied about... Um, inform, uh, lied about... What was it? The war? I think he said that uh, he was on an airplane that got attacked or something. Right, right, right. Something, like, something had to do with that. And, yeah. and that was a big lie. And yeah. he had to um, take some time off. I think he should have been fired, to tell you the truth. I actually do, too. And his daughter yeah. is privileged, even though she says I, she isn't. I think, she, I think he should have been fired and stripped of his... Um, Stripped of his license to um to broadcast. I think well, you can't. He doesn't have a license. I, think, I mean, not license, but you know what I mean. I think here's what you do. You say, okay, Brian Williams, you can have your job. We're not going to fire you. We're not going to suspend you. But you're going to have to paint with radium and use it to with your tongue every night on the news for the next three years. Oh, bubs. And if something happens to you. Um, you know, and it's more than six months after that you can't sue us because it's statute of limitations. Oh my goodness! That's what I would have done. Um. Well, also, um, Dan Rather lied about something too. He was a um former uh CBS reporter. I, I yeah, we used to watch Dan Rather a lot. Yeah, and um, he lied about something really big, and I can't remember what it was. Okay, what you're thinking of? It's not exactly true, but I I do know what you're thinking of. So Dan Rather was doing a report for sixty minutes too. So the spinoff of 60 Minutes. Um, and it was about George W. Bush's uh, record in the Coast Guard, saying that he, George W. Bush, really didn't serve in the Coast Guard. He never went to training. And I hope I'm remembering this right. Mm -hmm. And it's, I forget, but I remember even talking to, like, pro-George W. Bush people who said that it was, like, too much of a punishment for Dan Rather. But I think what it was is he got a hold of his the records, and it turned out that the records were faked, but Dan Rather didn't know that at the time. Mm. And because of that, he was forced to resign. Mm. Yeah. Do people, I mean, but people shouldn't make statements, like declarative statements like that, until they know what the the deal is. He should have done a little bit more research, I think, um, is what I would say about Dan Rather. But here's the thing. Mm -hmm. Dan Rather also covered for George W. Bush when they were going into Iraq. He also lied about that to help get us into that mess. Um, so I don't, I don't trust any of these people. I don't trust anybody in our media. I don't trust any of our politicians. I don't trust any of our businessmen. I was listening, so there's a podcast called PBD, I think, and it's apparently a more conservative podcast. PBD by, by with who? I think I I don't really know the host of it. I've only listened to it a couple times this week, but I think it's called the PBD podcast. 
So the reason I listened to it this week is because Kyle from Secular Talk was on it, right? Of course. And he said, you know, I... And all things go back to Kyle. Oh, my goodness. And all things go back to TYT. Oh, my goodness. And Secular Talk. Oh, goodness. Mm. So Kyle, after he did the show, he said on his YouTube channel, he's like, this is a a more right-leaning show, but he said the hosts were cool, and he said it was like a good conversation, and he said, if anything, that was more encouragement for him to get out of his bubble more. So based on that, I listened to it. And then I listened to an episode because then I'm like, okay, this is interesting that this is a conservative dude, but he had Kyle on and they actually had a, a good exchange. So I'm like, oh, let me listen to more of the show. And I'm not going to agree with anything. And I found an interview that the host did with Jank from the Young Turks mm-hmm. from like earlier this year. Mm-hmm. And he asked an interesting question and I'm interested to get your take on it. Like, if I remember the question right, who has more power in this com- in this country? Is it the president or the media or, or like, billionaires? Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was really interesting. And Jenks' basic answer was that, the you know, the president and all government officials are basically just, like, waiters. Uh, you know, they're basically just, like, the help of billionaires. And the billionaires are the ones who really control this country. Um I don't know if I'd go that far. I wouldn't go that far. But I do think that there is some truth to that statement. I don't. I don't think I would go to that far. That far. Um, I don't know. I don't think that the billionaires are in control of this country. But I think that the government and the media are fighting for control of the of the country. See, I don't think the billionaires are the only ones in control of this country. But I do think that they have more power than they should. For example, Jeff Bezos doesn't pay taxes and, in fact, gets money back from the government each year. Huh. Um, and they passed some ordinance in, in some city with Amazon factories uh-huh. to where when, uh, I think I may have mentioned this like a week or two ago, to where when Amazon employees pay tax in that city, mm-hmm. the money actually goes to Amazon and not the city. So it goes to Jeff Bezos. Exactly. And whoever works there. Well, Jeff Bezos is no longer the CEO. No, but he's still their number one stockholder. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's some people like Warren Buffett who doesn't want to control the country. The, well, at uh, least it seems like it. I don't know. Well, I think Warren Buffett is an interesting person. Mm-hmm. And when you see him on interviews, he seems very rational. And there are some things I think that he does well. Having said that, he does know how to manipulate the media. So Warren Buffett, from what I understand, my sister, I think, was telling me this. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like a news source to take this Mm -hmm. with a grain of salt, too. He owns a lot of Berkshire Hathaway owns a lot of stock in the railroad companies. I think Berkshire Hathaway is like the number one stock owner mm-hmm. in the railroad companies. So he could have piped in on the side of the workers when they were striking and he didn't mm. because he knows it's bad for business. And also there's this thing too. I know Warren Buffett is claiming that he's going to give like 99% of his fortune to charity when he dies. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. He gets to select the charities mm-hmm. and it's when he dies. So it's not like he would just be spending the money anyways. I, Oprah said the same thing that when she dies, she's gonna um she wants to um make sure that all of her money is uh, donated. I think that's a really nice thing to say for the cameras, but it does make me wonder: is that an excuse for them to have all these tax write offs? And again, you choose the charity, right? So who knows if these are going to reputable causes or if it's like a charity ran by your kids? 
You know what I mean? And it's a way to funnel money to them I without actually. I, I don't know. We can only uh, we can only speculate because we're just the little people. I think people should look into that though. And is this if you say if you're a billionaire and if you say something like that, do you get tax exemptions that maybe you shouldn't get? If you say this money will one day go to charity. I don't know. Yeah. Apparently, the tax rate, babes, in this country used to be like 91%. Mm-hmm. And obviously, rich people, in the big scheme of things, they didn't pay that much money. It was maybe closer to like 60%. But still, now it's nowhere near 91%. I don't, th- I don't think that billionaires have paid that high of taxes, but I do think that they should be taxed at a higher rate. Uh I don't know. I mean, Warren Buffett mm-hmm. in like 2009 or 2010 wrote an, an article basically saying that he pays less in taxes percentage wise than his secretary does. His secretary? Wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Because he's a billionaire and he has access to all these lawyers and loopholes that his secretary doesn't have access to. Oh. What do you think about that? I don't know. Oh. I really don't have I really don't know this area at all, so I I, I couldn't comment. Yeah, I'd say it's not my area of expertise. I say we need to tax the rich more. But that's just me, babes. And I need a kiss. Why? Because you want to give me one. I do? You do. Why? I'm doing this for you. Hey. Not for me. I'm not kissing you just because you're doing me a favor. Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. Give me a kiss, babe. Oh my goodness. Oh my bad. You, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got a sweatshirt on. Yeah, I do. Okay. Well, it's technically like a jacket thing. Okay, it feels like a sweatshirt. Yeah. Babes. Yes. I was talking on the phone with a friend of mine earlier this week. Really? Yeah. Oh, I, I think I know who it is. And, uh-huh. you know, we're just bullshitting about life, discussing movies that we've seen recently. He's not going to watch any of the ones that I recommend because most of them are super old. They're so good. I know. I know. You really need. To, I'm. I'm sorry. I mean, I. I mean, I. I like. I. I mean, I. I watched some old movies when I was a kid, but I never appreciated it as much as when we started watching them together two years ago. Oh. oh. And I'm like, I want to watch more of these. Nice. They're good. Nice. They're so good. So anyways, he but he told me about some movie he saw called The Monument Men. And or the it, book? He told me about the movie. Oh, the movie. Okay. Okay. We're going to get there, babes. And the movie is basically about these guys in World War II who were arts experts who tried to rescue all this art from Nazi Germany. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that sounds like a cool story, bro. And he says, it's based on a true story and apparently... There's also a book that it's, you know, based on. Mm. So the the true story happened, then they wrote a book, and then they made a movie out of it. Wow. I go on Bard, which mm-hmm. is an app that I use, even though sometimes it can be a little bit clunky. We both do. Yes. And I download the book, and it was really, really good. Mm. Um, it talked about, you know, it's this special branch of the military to rescue art, like I just said. Um, it was severely underfunded. Most of the people who worked for this branch were around our age. So they were like late 30s to like early 40s. Mm-hmm. So it was a little bit older. They were arts experts. And there was this like decree at the beginning of the war where we weren't going to try to attack any sites that we thought could have artistic merits. Now, obviously, there were exceptions to that rule. So if you thought that, you know, it was attacked the, the, um, 
the art installation or die, you attack the art installation because their life is more important. Mm-hmm. Um, there was some, I think it's called an abbot, which is like a religious place, but they stored some art there. Oh, yeah, like an abbey? Yeah, an abbey. I'm sorry. I, I think I know what you meant. Yeah, but not, an abbey. But not like Abbey Martin. Oh, my goodness. Oh, by the way, that reminds me real quick. What? Because this is how my mind works. Apparently on HBO, they just added a Martin reunion special. Oh, jeez. Did you like Martin? I can't remember. Not really. I oh. mean, I wasn't really a Martin fan. I watched it, but I I was more into The Fresh Prince than Martin. I like both shows a lot. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I I I thought I thought uh the character of Pam was kind of annoying. Um, I don't know. I I I wasn't really a huge fan of Martin. All right. Well, I will be watching this on my own then. Yes, I'll be. Yes, I and I think I know he has his issues. I think Martin Lawrence is is a genius when it comes to comedy. I think he, in some ways, he's a little bit lazy because I saw a recent special that he did, mm-hmm. and it kind of reminded me a lot of one of his earlier specials. Oh, I see. Well, he's getting up there. Yeah, but I, I think he's he's uh, a, one of these tortured genius types type people. Oh, good. Because, you know, you, you've read about his troubles and whatnot. I haven't. I'm oh, sure really? I'm sure he has troubles, but I haven't read about it. Okay, so in the 19... And we're going to go back to the book. Yeah, because this has nothing to do with the book, really. I think in, like, 96, they caught him on camera walking down the street and, like, yelling at people. Really? And... And then, while, while Martin was still on the air. While Martin was still on the air, this was around the time that A Thin Line Between Love and Hate came out. Okay. The movie that he directed and co-wrote. Okay. Um, so it's like right after Bad Boys. And uh, they they took him in. And then like a couple years later, obviously Tisha Campbell accused him of sexual harassment. I've I've heard that they're good now. I'm So I'm assuming they're on the special. And I've heard that she made that up. I don't oh, know. Oh, wow. I don't know. I wasn't there. Okay. But the other weird thing is, around the time Blue Street came out, he went into the hospital oh. for heat exhaustion. Really? But if you know, I know that sounds more like a medical thing than like a real like mental health th- breakdown. Yeah, yeah. But the rumor I heard, and he might have even talked about this, was he was jogging in like a hundred degree w- weather, and I want to say Arizona, Woo! with like um f- a lot a lot of clothes on. A lot of like, like, like layers and layers of clothing. Something like that. Okay, you just don't do that. Yeah. So there's some there's some issues there, but I think mm-hmm. the dude is super talented. Wow. Um. Yeah. 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 And I remember when you so crazy came out and all that stuff, babes. Oh. So good for me. Anyways, you took us off of the story of this. No, you did. Abby. No, you did. No, you did, babes. No, you. Ah, uh, might have been me this time. That was you. Okay. So they come across this abbey and they think that some Nazis are staying in there. So they debate over this. It's a very, very, they think it has some very high profile art. They end up blowing it up. Oh, the Nazis weren't hiding in there. And they use this oh. as propaganda to say, hey, the Americans will destroy something as beautiful as this for no reason. Okay. But then, I mean, most of the book takes place after the war. When it's coming to an end, after D-Day, I should say. And they're, you know, going around these German towns in, the, in France um, and, you know, all these places mm-hmm. and trying to find this lost art because Goebbels, Goering, Hitler 
We'd go to these museums. Gerbil sounds like gerbils. I know. <laughs> hey, maybe we should introduce them to Witchwood Gill. <laughs> oh, no. And they take all this art off the wall and put it in, in their houses. And I think they said that Gerbils had no taste in art. Like, they went into one of his offices and art was like, there was so much art there that some of it was covering other art. And some of it was just like on the chairs and whatnot. So they're trying to find all this art. And and there and and there, there's all these different dynamics in the group. Like some of them are longtime military men, some of them are art historians. There's this one dude who was like started a, a ballet school. Um, so th- this is really weird cast of characters, and w- and one of them has this really bad toothache, mm-hmm. and it just keeps getting worse and getting worse Uh-oh. to the point where he can't ignore it. Mm-hmm. So he has to find a dentist. Mm-hmm. Somebody uh, on the street points him to this dentist. He goes mm-hmm. in there, mm-hmm. and it turns out there's a problem with one of his wisdom tooth. The doctor removes it, mm-hmm. and as the doctor's washing up, you know he he knows why the soldier is in that area because he's looking for a lost art. The the dentist mm-hmm. says casually, "Oh, by the way, my son-in-law is an expert on German art. You should really talk to him about this." Mm-hmm. The dentist takes the guy there. And the guy worked for the Nazis and is giving this uh, spiel about how, you know, I tried to save as much art as I could, blah, blah, blah. And I I could lead you to this. Mm -hmm. So they find a lot of art because of this guy. Um, Now, there were Nazis who didn't really believe in the German cause. So they tell the story of uh, this German guy whose family was pretty well known. And he didn't really have the Nazi beliefs, but they made him like uh, uh, one of the higher ups in the art world there. So he was technically a Nazi and he hold, uh, he had a whole bunch of art. There was other people and somebody, I can't remember who it was, said that they had to agree to give Goebbels access to all these paintings. Mm-hmm. And because if they didn't, he would just destroy the paintings. But they knew that the Germans were super fastidious about paperwork. So the way that they would distract the Germans, and particularly Goebbels, to keep them from coming after the art so quickly, is they'd say, oh yeah, come here, get the art. And then like a day later, they'd call and they'd be like, but I have a question about this paperwork concerning the art. Because they knew that they were just so obsessed with paperwork. And that ended up saving like a lot of art. Mm-hmm. Um. They find these caves. Mm-hmm. I want to say, I want to say this was in like Germany or France again, and it has all this this classic art, some stuff by Michelangelo or Mickey, Michelangelo, a bunch of other people. Mm-hmm. They start exva- excavating it. Mm-hmm. Now around this time, FDR is if they were FDR Truman. I think it was FDR made a deal. That, like, Russia could ca- come in and take command of this cave in, like, four days. So mm-hmm. they have to rush to get this art out. And they're dealing with all this raining and whatnot. And they, mm-hmm. they, don't, ha- they don't have the time. And they don't have the man hours. Mm-hmm. Or the men. The manpower. Yeah. Yeah, I'm dyslexic. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but, the manpower. Yeah, but luckily, because of bureaucracy, the date when they're supposed to give over the cave, which I think is July 5th, gets delayed Mm -hmm. and it gives them enough time 
to get most of the valuable stuff out of there. Mm -hmm. This is a really interesting book. And they say that after the war, a lot of the people in this division uh, went on to serve on boards of like prestigious art galleries around the country. Mm -hmm. And they really wouldn't talk about this. One of the guys, I think it was the dude who opened the ballet school. Mm -hmm. During the Korean conflict, he offered to come and basically do the same thing. And they, they didn't do it. They didn't want him there. Mm-hmm. And apparently, I get the impression from the book that the only time we had a division like this was during World War II. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah. And it talked about, um, you know, all the paintings they found that Hitler had. And it's super interesting. What did you think of what I just said? I don't know. That's, a, that's quite a lot. It's, yeah. it's cool that they... they um, I thought what was really interesting when you said that they worked for the Nazis, but they weren't Nazis. Some of them did. Some of them did. But Some they were just, did. they they cared about the art. Yeah. And um, that they didn't like that things were being destroyed. Yep. But, um, and that's cool that they um, they accomplished it. And they had spies, uh, obviously. There was this one lady named Rose mm-hmm. who worked at this French museum after the Nazis took it over. And she helped save a lot of art. She put a lot of it on the on these trains um to get you know get it out safely um it's a good book hmm. i i i really enjoyed the monument man very good yes 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 good 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 yes 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 i think the book we should read after we get through lolita and the pilgrim's progress books and pilgrim's progress revisited the, the, no it's called the postmodern pilgrim's progress modern pilgrim's progress is uh, The Great American Journey by David McCullough. Because you've never read any of his stuff. And it's about world history, but it's also about the art world. So I think you'd get a kick out of it. You think I'd, you think I'd like it? I do. Okay. And so far, uh, my book recommendations to you have been on point. Uh, so far. I'm sure there's going to be some misses. But so far, we haven't had any babes. <laughs> uh, you know. And, you know, I'm also trying to give you a better sense of history through these books. I'm trying to make it fun for you, they end. Hey, well, what do you think about that? Um, Maybe, possibly. Nice. You still sound a little bit tired, babes. I'm not. Oh, good. No, I'm not. Oh, I, I didn't say what happened here last night with my nostrils. <laughs> no, you didn't. So I, I was putting uh, radium up my nostrils. As I used <laughs> no, it wasn't no. radium. It wasn't radium. Okay, here's what happened. I rarely make macaroni. Like, I think I did it for the third time in my life yesterday. I don't like the way macaroni tastes. You can make it better, though. I, apparently, you can. I, I haven't figured it out you, you You can put all kinds of things. That you can put corn in it. You can put... Um, beef in there, which makes it taste really good. Uh-huh. You could, um, you could, you could put some chicken in there if you want. Um, there's a lot of things. I mean, macaroni and other pastas are so versatile. Yeah, I and it's odd that I don't like macaroni, considering I really enjoy other pastas. No, I, I, I think you should give it a chance. By the way, I don't hate macaroni. I, I hate it, but it's not like eggs. I just think that macaroni tastes really, really bland to me. Well, that, that's what I mean. You can make it unbland. Oh, good. And I did macaroni with cheese. The only reason I did it was because I had some leftover, uh, a, a leftover bag of macaroni pasta from when I made it l- like last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was low on ingredients, and I didn't want to, you know, buy anything from Walmart. Mm-hmm. So I make macaroni. I'm eating it, and I'm listening to a podcast that we did, and I start laughing. 
mm-hmm. as I'm trying to swallow the macaroni. And because of that, I end up pushing three pieces of macaroni, three fairly significant size pieces through my right nostril. <laughs> they came up in my nostrils. <laughs> and I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. Just because it's like, oh, instead of peas shooting out of your nose, it's macaroni. Yeah. Pieces. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What do you think about that there, Jay? That should be in a cartoon. <laughs> the macaroni kid is macaroni what some people call me. I don't know. I love macaroni. My aunt makes a really good baked macaroni. Yeah. And she uses like tomato sauce and sausages and beef and whatever else she puts in there. It's really good. I personally think you should give it a chance. I know this is like my disdain for Will Ferrell and that I'm in the minority, but uh, I, I just don't dig it. Oh we'll God. see what happens, babes. Yes. Yes, we will see what happens. Yes, we will see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> What's been going on with you, babes? We've talked a little bit about me. Uh, yeah, uh, like most of the time. Oh, my, <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> um. Apparently, um, this is off a little bit off topic, but um, speaking of Amazon, I got uh, two robes, actually. Nice. I've got... I got a robe from my sister that was before Christmas, but um, apparently this other one I just picked up the other day from the mailbox, and I'm like, I think maybe she um, she may have sent me an extra robe. Oh, so the first one I got was pink, and the 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 one that I got um, is gray. Nice. So um, and they both I think they 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 both have the same style. So I don't I don't. Stop it, please. What? Look what? over my ear, please. Okay, sorry, it's very know. distracting. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Bubs. I didn't know, babes. Keep going. Okay, then I'll, then I'll go like this. <laughs> no, not like <laughs> oh. uh, Okay, I'm sorry. That's okay. Um, so I think maybe she might have forgotten that she sent me an extra robe, or maybe my mom sent me an extra robe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But either either one, um, uh, either way, I like I like them both. Nice. And uh, I did have some old robes, and I I had to throw them out because they were really old. But now I've got some new ones. Nineteen thirty two is when you got them. I wasn't alive in nineteen thirty. They were your great grandmother's robes. No, they weren't. Okay. Bubs. Sorry, keep going, babes. No, they weren't family heirlooms. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> one of them was um, I got one of them from uh, a former friend of mine who bought it for me before I I moved to Portland, and then. Yeah. The other one, I don't know where this robe came from, but it was passed down to me. Oh. And uh, they were old, so I had to throw them out. Oh. Well, I still love you, babes. Okay. Yes. I do. I love you too, by the way. Are you familiar with this place called the Philippines or the Philippines? The Philippines. Yeah. Yes. Not the Philippines. Okay. Although I, I, or or the Philippians. Um, (laughs) It's Philippines. Oh, good. I'm part Filipino, as you know. Oh, you don't know that. Okay. Okay. I am hanging out and decide, I'm just curious, how how much money do you need to live in the Philippines? So I watched a couple of YouTube videos about this. And one guy says, you know, you're poor if you make this much and you should really have between like $1,000 and $1,500 a month to survive here. But if you make like four grand a month, you're you're pretty much big pimping at that point, right? You're You're living the life. And I just start watching all these videos, like luxury home tours of 
places in the Philippines, which is really interesting because I have to do the conversion because I believe in the Philippines they use pesos. Yes, they do. And so does Mexico. And they also use a metric system. So they're like, oh, this house is so many square meters. Yeah. At first I thought meters were smaller or so like when they say this house is like a thousand square meters, I thought to myself, so is that only like 500 feet? Uh, but this looks a lot, a lot better than, than that. I know in some I, ways. I think, I, I well, meters is a different, yeah I, yeah, I keep getting them mixed up. In some ways, I am like a dumb blonde from the 90s, apparently. But <laughs> I do, I finally figured You're out. You're not blonde. Oh, I finally figured out how to do the conversion, right? And I'm enjoying mm. these home tours. Then I find this dude who I think is from Britain. Mm-hmm. And apparently he just moved to the Philippines I don't know, like six months ago. Mm-hmm. And he does a lot of videos on condo tours in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Um, they're pricey, but they're not as bad as some of the ones in the U.S. And I remember you had always talked to me about people there have maids. Yep, they can they can um, hire maids and nannies and cooks. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I think it's pretty easy because... The Philippines is a third world country. Yeah. And um, it's easy for people to find a job um, working for a family. Nice. It's, it's and, To me, it does. I don't know how much it costs, but to me, it does. Yeah. So his videos kind of back that out, up. So I watched maybe, I don't know, I'm guessing like eight condo tours that he did. And let's say in five of them. He would say, okay, this is a two-bedroom. And then he says, and in, in addition to the, you know, how many bedrooms it has for you, it also has a maid's area, mm-hmm. which did not look like an area I would want to live because it was like basically a bed and a toilet. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 You, if you were the help, you really were the help. Exactly. <laughs> so, anyway. Yes. Mm-hmm. But it seemed interesting, like good good stuff. Uh, some places were not that expensive, so. And I've, I've uh, stayed in both the poorer areas areas of the Philippines and the ritzier areas like um I stayed in a rich part of Manila because mm-hmm. my dad's uh friend at the time was married to this woman whose family owned a lot of cleaning businesses nice and um we were staying with one of the the brothers of his wife and um I think they had like a maid that was helping out and um, they were able to get purified water so that we wouldn't have to worry about the water. Wow. Yeah. It was a nice area too. So did your grandma lived in the poor area or what? Um, I don't know if it was poor. It was more like of an industrious area, yeah. I guess, but I don't know if it was poor. I mean, she, um, sometimes when people lived in the poor areas, they don't, um, and not everybody is like this, but they don't like keep their houses clean. Oh, some don't. Um, it's not. It's it's a diff. It's different. Um, my 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 grandma kept her her place clean, and they lived like um on a farm, and they lived on the countryside of the city, and um, so there was the countryside where they lived on, and then. Uh, we could go shopping at one of the malls there. So um, they had a plaza that we can go to. So uh, I, I wouldn't say that they were in a poorer area. Nice. I wouldn't, I, I don't know so, if it's like a middle class area. I'm so then sure. what area, who were you seeing when you were in the poor area of the Philippines? 
Um, well, my, my mom's relatives lived in like the, one of the provinces. Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean, I didn't feel like, I, I mean, I don't know. I didn't, we didn't actually stay there. We were staying in another, uh, province with my grandparents. Yeah. But, um, they were living in a, a poorer province, but, um, but, uh, you know, it wasn't so poor. Like they, they, they did keep their, um, they did keep up the house and everything. Nice. And, um, I met some of my mom's, uh, relatives that I haven't met before and my, my grandma's sister and, um, things like that. It was, it was, it was nice to be there. Um, um, and it was also nice to be in the rich part of Manila because we've never been there before. Yeah. That sounds like fun to me. Yep. We also visited uh, one of my dad's relatives in the city that was um, where my parents went to college. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't, that was a, um, I don't know if that's a poor area. That's a good question. I don't, I don't know about that. But um, yeah, it was definitely an, uh, an experience. I will say that. Nice. Yeah. But the rich part of Manila was pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. I wonder how old the oldest house is in the Philippines. I don't know. Mm. I, I mean, it's a big country. Yeah. It has over 7,000 islands, so I don't know. Yeah. So, like, are alligators common there? Bubs. What? You gotta stop with this alligator thing, okay? Oh, my goodness. You're, you're, I mean, I honestly think there's probably more alligators in Louisiana than there are in Florida. You think so? Well, think about it, though, because Louisiana, much of Louisiana is on a swamp. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of alligators. In I heard this story. This is going to this is going to um, drive you nuts. Oh, God. But I heard this story from this uh, preacher who's now dead. I, I don't remember, know when he died, but he was talking about how um, him and his wife would take his two little boys to Louisiana because their grandparents lived there. Yeah. And the the grandpa was a very fit guy and he would take the boys on a tractor and all that and yeah. they and he would lie a blanket on the ground and um have a picnic and uh you're not gonna like this bubs oh uh, somebody tells me i'm not he had a pet alligator he had a pet alligator he had a pet alligator. Uh, yeah i don't like this he had a pet alligator and he called him hey boy and every time he would call for the alligator the alligator would come for him but he wouldn't he wouldn't snap at him he would just you know, he wouldn't snap at the kids. They would, they could feed the alligator, which I think is really scary. Now, when their dad came back, he would try to get the alligator because the grandpa's like, oh, why don't you feed him something? You know, I think he'll be okay. And, 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 and keep in mind the grandpa, um, had this alligator as a pet and which I think is really weird. Yeah. And so the, uh, the the dad tried to feed the alligator and the alligator just um was hissing at him because he had like a, a bunch of hot dogs and he got so scared that he threw the hot dogs on the ground and the alligator was going after him. I'm like, yeah, that, 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 that's scary to me. I will say this. I don't think this dude was a preacher. Yes, he was a pastor. Yes. I don't think he should have been allowed to be a pastor. If you're going to take your kids to some. Oh, what? 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 Dude. Hey, 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 hey. Wait, 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 wait. I just wanted to tell the story. I didn't mean your comments, Bubs, and he died already. Well, what? What? And the kids aren't little anymore. Bubs. What? Ow! <laughs> she will get off. 
involved, you'd be good. I am. I didn't want your opinion. But you know I'm... What? <laughs> Bubs, you have a big mouth. Are you going to kiss them? No. Okay. No. Okay. <laughs> ow, ow. Okay, well, that hurts. That hurts. That hurts. That hurts. That hurts. Right. <laughs> Tickle to us? <laughs> your nails are longer than mine today. Oh, my goodness. Give me a kiss. Ah. Yeah, I would not. But he, but he, he trusted. He's trusted them with with. He trusted the kids with the grandpa and the grandma. The grandpa has never been one to just let them play with the alligator, because the grandpa was always there. Now, I personally would not want to be around that alligator, and um, I, I honestly kind of wonder if um, alligators. There's more alligators roaming around in Louisiana than Florida. Okay, here's the thing, babes. Oh. Um. I don't care how trustful your dad is. An alligator is a vicious animal. I don't think. I don't think that the. Um, I don't know if that was his dad or his um, his wife's. Father. Okay, but what I'm trying to say is, an alligator is a vicious animal, and it it don't care about your kids. It sees them as food. So, it ain't like the the grandfather had a German shepherd and he trusted the dad with the German shepherd. An alligator is not a domesticated animal. I know. I don't understand it either. I don't get it. Believe me, I, I have no idea why, but that's the story I heard. And the kids are growing up now, and I it's possible that their grandparents have gone, um, are, are gone now. Well, I mean, if the dad's already dead. Yeah, the dad's already, the, their dad is already dead, yeah. Uh oh But I don't know about his his parents. Yeah. Oh, so this was the wife's parents. I don't know. Okay. Uh, all I know is that that was the, the their their children's grandparents. Yeah, I would not have trusted the the grandparents. Hold on, I would not have trusted the grandparents with the kids with the gator, and I think that he shouldn't have been allowed to be a you know a preacher. Or power. Oh my goodness! But that's just me. That babe, that's just me. Yeah. All right, give me a kiss. I'm gonna pinch your nose, Bob. No, no, give me. That's the last resort because I know your nostril is hurting. Oh my goodness! Give me a kiss. I had sp uh, spices on this macaroni, so I got some spices in my nose. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no. There is a way to make it taste better. You know, put a little bit of salt in there. Um, put some good, maybe you could put some put a uh, good parm in there. Yeah. Um, if you want a cookie with beef or any kind of meat, you can put that in there or some veggies. Mm -hmm. I think you can do a lot with macaroni. That would go with the edge. It doesn't have to be just um, cheese. You could put tomato sauce in there, too. Interesting. Interesting. Yes. Well, good. Tomato babes. sauce. Tomato. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, Well, babes, what else do you want to talk about? Well, you could probably put bacon in there, too. You bacon? could put ba bacon. Oh, bacon. You could put bacon in your macaroni, bubs. Nice. Um, I cannot believe that tomorrow is New Year's Eve, which I think is so crazy to me because yep. it feels like this, this year just went by like that. I mean, a lot of things happening... Good and bad, but it went by so, so fast. Mm -hmm. um, I thought 2021 went by fast, but this this year just went by really quickly. And I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to New Year's Eve and um, New Year's Day. And uh, yeah, yeah. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? That is interesting, babes. It is. And uh, what is going to happen in the upcoming month? 
I read the letter that I wrote to myself last year because, you know, I, that's a tradition of mine. Oh, you read it already? Yeah, and then I wrote the response or the letter for next year. Wow. And... Is uh, that therapeutic for you? Yeah, because it kind of, like, gives me a way to, like, review things. Right. Yeah. Um... Yeah, and it was a good reminder that I need to get back on my grind doing morning pages and mm -hmm. journaling and whatnot mm -hmm. and all that good stuff. And finally finished the chapter of the book we're writing. All right. Yeah, finally okay. finished. Finally. Yeah. And so that's a good thing. That is a good thing. And it was just a reminder of like how fast the year went by because it's like I just remember doing this like it was the other day, writing the letter to myself. And yeah. I'm doing it again. Yeah, and that Nick and the, this upcoming month I'm gonna be even more immersed into the tech world. So that's gonna be interesting too. Yep. Because there's gonna be a lot of new things that I don't know, and there's gonna be some things that I'm uh will improve on that I do know. Yes. So uh I'm I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I'm I'm generally not a tech person, but who knows? I might actually like it. I don't know. Well, good, babes. Good. Yes. New new instructors. New maybe new some some new friends. Yes. I I always um, get a little bit nervous going into new situations, but I think this is going to be a a very good learning experience. Yeah, I hope you meet some cool people that we can like socialize with. I know. I I hope so too. Yes. I really do because yes. there's always going to be somebody in in like a situation where you're taking classes that's going to be a little bit weird or out there yeah especially in the blind world and we only really hang out with my friends mm -hmm. so it'd be cool if you made some friends that we can hang out to oh yeah yeah because i don't i feel like i don't have especially women friends i want to get more women friends because yeah. i feel like uh i don't have a lot of them i only have maybe two here oh um and the rest of them are like in Washington or like um parts of Oregon that I don't go to much anymore yeah. and it's you know it would be great to have uh friends close by well good yes well I'm proud of you babes yes 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 I, I was thinking about something this week mm-hmm and we know, and, and partially this was inspired because it's my birthday, mm -hmm. and I have relatives I have issues with, and yes. blah, 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 so we don't talk, and when we do, it's awkward, because... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't talk to them very much. Yeah, because it feels like they just want to say their spiel, yeah. and not really listen to facts. Okay. Okay? And then I was thinking about other people I know who are like this. Uh-huh. And then I just start to come to the re realization of... Not everybody looks at the things the same way as I do. Uh -huh. And, and we, obviously I know that on some level uh -huh. before this. But not everybody is interested is, as interested in the truth as they are just expressing their opinion. In other words, they're more interested in being right than, um, than listening to what you have to say. Is that correct? Yeah, and learning something. Right, exactly. And, then, and even if you don't agree with them, right? Yeah. At least you can learn a little bit about why um why they think this way instead of personally attacking them or getting personally attacked by somebody else and i feel like some people are so quick to personally attack before listening to what you have to say exactly and i feel that way in my life sometimes where i felt for for so many years that i have not been heard 
from even people in my family because they're so quick to say, well, I'm right and you're wrong. And that's the end of that. Yeah. And the realization I had is it's not my job to tell the truth. So I'm still trying to contextualize this. Does this mean that I don't talk to people who I, who I believe say they, they're all about the truth when they're not? Or does this give me light? Does this mean that I have license to lie when I'm talking to those people? And I don't know what it is. Well, I think that if you believe something is true, I think true. I mean, I think that it's absolutely important to share that with people. If you believe that it's true. And if, and if there's somebody that does not believe that, um, I think it's also important to compare notes. Yeah, and it, and it's one thing to to shut my mouth if there's a topic that isn't being brought up that I feel passionate about, and it's another thing if somebody brings up a, a subject that I feel a certain way about, but they don't want to hear my views, mm. and that it seems like that's the most common. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I. I. I think I. Feel like even though I'm a full grown adult, and I've I don't know if you felt this way in your own family, but I kind of feel like it doesn't even matter how old I am. There's certain people that I can't voice my opinions to because they don't want to hear it. Yeah, and there's a the, also uh, the added later layer of disability because if you have a disability. And I know this is going to sound extreme, but you are like a minority in your own family. You are. You're a minority well, in your own I, family. I, I totally agree with you on that yeah. to some level. Yeah. They they're not, they don't want to talk about that, but yeah. it does feel that way. And I don't want to like, I don't want to sound like I'm a woke yeah. person, right? But it really does feel like that. Like, I feel a little bit isolated because there is no other blind person in my family. Yeah. I'm the only one. And because I'm the only one um people are so so there are people in my family that love me but they they're so delicate is that the right word not delicate they want to treat me as if i'm delicate yeah and it's like no no i i'm not um i don't have to be handled with kid gloves or (laughs) whatever you call it um it's tough I think that there's, I'm not the only blind person that goes through it. No, I think it happens with most of us, with some exceptions. But right. I think we're in the majority on this one. I was talking to a friend of mine. It's a little, the one who told me about the book yeah. or about the movie and then I read the book. Uh-huh. Um, it's a little bit unrelated, but it's kind of on a similar note. And I was, you know, saying to him, I wonder what it's like being a blind person in like the country, right? Mm-hmm. Like a small community. Mm-hmm. And this is a person who came from a smaller community and will visit there occasionally. Mm-hmm. And he says, it's not fun. Like, not only are you isolated, but he says, when I go into just a regular store in like a small community out in the country, he says, I feel like every single person there is looking at me and judging me. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sometimes it could feel like that. I mean... I remember, I mean, I don't, I haven't felt like that when I went to, um, like to visit my family in, uh, the town of Oak Harbor, right? It's a small town, mm-hmm. but, um, when my, cause I don't, I don't feel like that when my relatives or like one of my relatives notices that someone is looking at me weird, they automatically get defensive. Yeah. And I don't. I've never felt that way, but maybe it's because I can't see their faces, right? Mm-hmm. I don't feel like people are staring at me. 
but my sister for example knows it and she gets she's the one that gets really defensive like whoa why are you looking at my sister for you know yeah are you looking at are you looking admiringly at her or are you looking at her like she's weird you want to get some of this or do you think that she's like a whack job right exactly yeah it could be either or the guys it could be either or the women it could be either or so i don't know i can't remember if i said this here mm -hmm. but i was trying to get with this blind girl several several years before we met like over a decade before then i think you may have told me this story uh, but go on. nothing happened like we didn't kiss nothing like that never held hands or anything. never held hands did we hold hands we might have held hands but i think that's about as far as it went right um and it's not that Rick didn't have games. It's game. It's just that this were girl you, were is, you, is a nice princess. Were you still like uh, in elementary school by then? No, I was growing up by then. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. This she has her own issues. Okay. Anyways, where she's not talking to me. She's talking to a group of people one day, mm -hmm. and she tells a story. She's from the south mm -hmm. about how she went to a restaurant and ordered food with her mom. And I guess he ordered a steak. The waiter brings the steak and is watching the blind girl cut it. Like just watching it to see if she can cut the steak by herself. I have never had that experience yeah. before. That sounds really creepy to me. Yeah. Like, like oh, I want to make sure that, you know, and I'm like, that's not your job to do that. No. I mean, I've never had that happen. Um, I've... Uh, I, I've never had that happen before. That's really that's really um crazy. Mm -hmm. Wow. It's weird. I don't like the South, but I, I have a lot of friends from the South. I can't I can't uh really talk much about it because I haven't been I mean I guess Virginia, some people would say that Virginia is part of the South, but I haven't been like in the deep south. Yeah. It's it, because like really some of the coolest people I've ever known have been from the South. I have to say, I think there are people in every part of the country that are back, are going to be backwards. Yeah. It's not just the South. I think that there are people in the South that wo have woken up to how, how to treat people with disabilities. But every, there's going to be people, even in Oregon here, that are really backwards. Mm -hmm. And people in Washington that are backwards. And people in Hawaii that are backwards. So to say that this, the, the South is guilty of this is uh, is generalizing. I think that there's going to be, doesn't matter, and especially in other countries because they don't know how to handle um, people with disabilities in other countries. No. In fact, um, we we are a lot better at it than uh, you know, for example, people in England, how they handle how how they handle disabilities in England. Yeah, and I've heard mixed things about Canada. Mm -hmm. So it's not as that cool being a blind person anywhere. It just happens to be a little bit easier here in the U.S. I think all that all he, all that we can do is to learn how to adapt to it, and as frustrating as it can be, because some people are really ignorant; they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, and it's even more frustrating if the person is has been sighted for years and they just are not educated about this. Now, the ones that are really interesting to me are the ones who either, um. The ones that have never been around a lot of blind people, but they just pick it up. Yeah. That that really, really interests but me. But did you just say people who have been sighted for years? 
I mean, people that have been people that are sighted rather. Okay. That not not sighted for years, but sighted. Gotcha. Fully sighted, they can see what's in front of them, and yet they they are not educated about the blind community. Yeah. Um, but the ones that are really interesting to me are the ones that haven't had a lot of um, exposure to blindness, and yet they are they have the knack of picking up, picking it up pretty nice, quickly. Nice. And I met someone like that. Well, good. I've met people like that too. Yeah, it's like wow, but but isn't it interesting though? Right, there are people that are really good around blind people that have been working with them for years, yeah. but there are some that are not. Yeah, I know. Or like I they know. have relatives that are blind, and there's some that are really not. Mm-hmm. Not good at all. With no, blindness. and it's like, haven't you learned it all? Yeah. I'm. I'm a little bit. I'm. I'm a little bit gracious around. People that haven't been exposed to them, but they really frustrate me. Yeah, they frustrate me <laughs> a lot. And I'm like, shouldn't you have been educated about this a long time ago? And, you know, we all have our blind stories, mm. uh, meaning you and I, we all. And we both have friends who have blind stories, too. Be Every blind person who's an adult has crazy blind stories. I, I, yes. I would think, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's just a part of living. It is. I mean, I think the only thing that we can do is try to adapt as much as we can and voice our frustrations if needed. Mm -hmm. Because some people will not change and some people will change. But um, it all depends on the individual, I guess. Yes. There we go, J-Wall. There we go. So I realized when I was re-listening to our Ted Danson discussion. Yes. I told you some of the ways he's connected to Star Trek. He's married to Mary Steenburgen. Uh-huh. Malcolm McDowell, who was her ex-husband, killed Captain Kirk. Oh, yes. He dated Guinan from The Next Generation. Yeah. Uh, he worked on Cheers with uh, Kelsey Grammer and uh, Kirstie Alley, who were both involved with Star Trek. Yes, of course. He was on Becker with uh, Dax, Terry Farrell. Oh yeah, but I forgot another one. What I did? Why well, didn't mention him when we were talking? He was in the Three Men and a Baby movies. Oh yeah, that were directed by Leonard Nimoy. I had no idea that they were. Yep, and Leonard Nimoy's son Adam Nimoy married Terry Farrell, who was on <laughs> Becker with him. I heard that there was like this thing in a Three Men and a Baby where there was um, a rumor a that there was a ghost on the set. I've yeah. heard about that. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of creepy. And supposedly, if you look at like one or two frames of the movie, you can see the ghost. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I did enjoy um, I did enjoy the two movies, Three Men and a Baby and then Three Men and a Little Lady, but I think I think Three Men and a Baby I liked better. Oh my goodness. I don't talk like that. Bug. Oh, good, good, good. I don't like a baby. Yes. Those uh, baby films really aren't my thing, but uh, whatever you're into there, Jay. Whoa. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh my. Whatever gets you through the day, babes. Whatever gets you through. Whatever gets you through the day. Yeah. It was weird talking to my friend because he's mostly bringing up modern movies. That'll come out like within the last 10 years. And you know how I am. He's like saying this one, that one. I have no idea what these films are. I I personally think, uh, this is just my opinion. I think that um, he needs to get out of his comfort zone. Because there are some really, really good old gems. That are underrated. 
and are not talked about as much. And there's some that are talked about that he hasn't seen yet. Absolutely, yes. I mean, I mean, Treasure of the Sierra Madre, classic. Classic. The Big Sleep, classic. classic. Casablanca, romantic, and also a classic. Yep. And that's just, those are just Humphrey Bogart movies. Yeah, and then there's Dark Passage, classic, very yep. good. Yep. I mean... Uh, the have to have and to have not. Was it the Barefoot Contessa that was really good? Yes. Yeah. Oh, and then we can't forget Citizen Kane, and I didn't know what to expect uh, for Citizen Kane. I I could not believe how good it was. That was a really. I mean, I knew because I'd seen it before. Yeah. But yeah, that's a classic as well. There are just so many classic movies that you miss out on if you don't watch older films. I mean, Tonight or Never, Life with Father, mm-hmm. classic. Yep. Yep. I mean, uh, Mr. Roberts, classic. Classic. I mean, just... Bringing a baby. Bringing a baby was great. Yeah. Bringing a baby. And because you usually don't see Cary Grant playing the nerd in a movie. No. <clears throat> and no. Catherine Hepburn is, is awesome in it. She is. What was that one movie where Audrey Hepburn comes back home and her house is a mess and... Um, there's like an there's some kind of like investigation going on. Are remember? you thinking about Breakfast at Tiffany's? No, 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 not that. Or one. Charade? Oh, I'm sorry. I think it was Charade, but she was also great in uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Yeah. See, he worked with both the Hepburns. Wow. And, and, and he they're not related acid. at all. Yep. And he did acid several times. Oh, so what? I don't he care did. about that. Oh my goodness. Who killed? Oh my goodness. He's dead. Yeah, but he lived a long time. Ooh, killed. He lived a long he time. He did. He lived a long time. Sure. He was a movie idol and he did acid. Oh my goodness. I don't care I about I think his, that's a good thing. I don't care about his acid taking. Oh my goodness. Let go of my hand. <laughs> Let me. Let go of my All right, hand. All right, there. All right, let's move on, babes. <laughs> babes? And you were holding my hand very, very, uh, very firmly. Because I thought you were going to attack. I was not. Okay, good. Good, good, good. No need for that there. Have you had any odd dreams recently? I had a dream. I think it was yesterday afternoon that I spilled milk on um one of the shelves in my fridge and I had to clean it up. Mm. So mad. Yeah. And thankfully that's not what happened. But now I've got two cartons of milk. <laughs> because I was hoping that I was gonna get whole milk today, but um I don't, we don't even know what kind of milk it is. It might be whole. Yes. There is another, um, there's another carton of 2% milk that, um, maybe I could use for cereal because I haven't bought cereal in a while. We could use that whole milk too with hot chocolate. That is true. I could, I could use one of them for hot chocolate. I mean, it's going to make a taste, but I know you don't like really good hot chocolate. No, I do. Bubs. Sorry. Bubs. Sorry. Do you want me to tickle you? No, I don't. I don't. Say your piece. Mm. I mean, I like milk with my chocolate once in a while, but I just, I'm not, I don't like it too rich, if that's what, it, if if that makes any sense. I hear you, and I like it really rich. Yeah. Yes. I, I like it rich enough, but I don't like it too rich, like, ugh, you know, it's too creamy. Oh, my goodness. Um, Because it can be too creamy for me. Yeah. But, anyway. Well, babes. Yeah? Is there anything else you want to talk about? No. No? Maybe we should wrap this up. Pretend yeah. it's a gift. What? Yes. Did you now tell me your thoughts? Did you want to watch another episode of the Ken Burns country music thing today, or do you want to do that tomorrow? We can do it tomorrow. Okay. Um, 
because it is going to be a long, uh, it's going to be a long series. So we, why don't we watch it tomorrow? Yeah, there's eight episodes. Yes. Yes. I don't know if it's that long. It's long enough, though. It's long enough. Each yeah. episode is two hours. Yeah, two, two hours. hours. Two hours. I don't know. You, I, you've been obsessed with the number two. I think that's because of you. Because you know what it is? You use the bathroom so much. It just makes me think. What? No, no. I'm just joking, babes. See if I see if we have cake and ice cream tonight, bud. Oh, okay. Let's have ice cream and cake instead. Um, That's just what I said. Oh. That's what I said, bud. No, you said cake and ice cream. And I say, no, no cake and ice cream. How about ice cream and cake? Oh. <laughs> no, but... I love you. I love you, babes. Mm. <laughs> All right, babes. Unless there's anything else you want to talk about. Uh, I don't think so. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh.